Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Well, greetings, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benton, your host of this episode of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. If you're like most of us, you've been spending a lot of time on Zoom these days, which has presented us all with a whole new set of challenges, as if the pandemic wasn't enough. Everything from how we look on Zoom to how we communicate in our little square, so here to help us today is a nine-time Emmy award-winning TV journalist and communications expert, Jane Hansen. Many of you know Jane from her years on NBC as a local anchor, part of the Today Show, and host of Jane's New York. For over 30 years, she's helped people learn to communicate better, which she now does through her coaching company. You'll also find her on Instagram, where she does a live weekly interview show called Curious Jane, as well as hosting and moderating events. In fact, she's done several events for us at the Three Tomatoes over the years, too. So welcome, Jane. We're so looking forward to your advice today. Oh, thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I've been doing well. And um, I know the last few months have certainly been a challenge for all of us in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have had to learn new technologies and also how to pivot our businesses. I know we've certainly had to do that at the Three Tomatoes. So what, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered and how have you had to pivot your business? Well, my business, I, I, used, I was on an airplane virtually every week traveling. I traveled all over the world for my coaching business, which was really fun. You know, places like China and Budapest and Paris and Rome and London and you name it. And, and, and I was there. And of course, all of that came to a complete and dead halt in yeah. March 13th, to be exact. I think that was D-Day for a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, but I had been doing virtual training anyway, because during the process of all that traveling, I'd get clients who would call me up with maybe, maybe they had a last minute appearance on a, on um, a, a business program, or maybe they had some kind of a presentation that they thought, oh man, I've got, you've got to make a speech and I'm really concerned about it, whatever it was. So I was doing virtual stuff anyway. Um, I've got great pictures of me on the island of Capri with about four different adapters in a ballroom, which is the only place that I could get a signal <laughs> so that I could actually do this training. Um, and it worked. So I'm used to it, but I was not used to just how much people were going to need it. It took a few weeks before people finally said to themselves, you know what, we're not going back to work by May. Right. Or this is, we're in this for the long haul. And that's when they realized they really needed to figure out how to up their game. So, um, so I just began doing what I had been doing, but doing it only because I haven't had a face-to-face -face training, obviously, in months. Face-to-face -face is far more effective. I think we all feel that our business is better when we're face-to-face, -face, that we miss that connection. We miss shaking the hand. We miss 
you know, tapping somebody in the shoulder. We miss really seeing them, looking them in the eye as we're right next to them. But we have to do the best we can. And I've been really stunned by how people have stepped up to the plate and doing whatever they can to get their jobs done, keep their families safe, and keep it all together. Because yeah. it ain't been easy. No, it certainly, it certainly has. And we've all had to make so many adjustments and, and learn so many things. So let's talk about Zoom a little bit now, because it certainly made all of us so hyper aware of how we look. And, and as women, as if we weren't critical enough every time we looked in the mirror, now it's this, oh my God. And you see every single little flaw. I can't tell you how many, many friends I have said that as soon as they can, they're going for a facelift or they're going <laughs> or for whatever. And I'm like, but no, you look fine. And they're like, no, I have this and that. So it's just, it's just gotten so much worse. And, um, and, and of course, also how we present ourselves in the medium too, which I know we're going to talk about that, but Jane, you, really, you always look great on zoom and, you know, we're not lighting experts, most of us or hairstylists or makeup, you know, we've all had to figure this stuff out and some of us not quite so well, at least these days. Now I'm noticing people have gotten better because you know, remember in the early days of Zoom in fall, and you would just see people from like the top of the nose up. <laughs> nostrils. Yeah, how many of those? I think people seem to be getting better about that. But anyway, let from your perspective, because you're doing so many of these, and and you've had so many years on camera. Uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make on? zoom from that perspective of you know setting themselves up and how they look then we'll talk about the communications piece of it well i have to tell you one of my favorite new statistics is um there i think it's called a line it's a it's the people who make the invisaligns for the yes. teeth. their business is skyrocketing because what people are doing is they're looking at, th at themselves on zoom and they can't stand their teeth and literally, and of course, they're not spending their money on trips and they're not spending their money right. on dinners out or tickets to a, you know, a sporting event. So they're spending it on their teeth. <laughs> we're all going to be healthier. Because earlier on, Dennis were telling me, because I had interviewed a few of them on my show, they, would, they were telling me that they were really worried because people were neglecting their teeth because they were afraid to go to the dentist. So, hey, silver lining. We're all looking for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have to say that my one of my pet peeves continues to be people's backgrounds. Yesterday, I was watching some a, a very high level uh, woman at a financial institution who was do, was doing an interview on CNBC, and she was in her bedroom, and her bed was right behind her. And I thought to myself, "Are you kidding? Like, I don't want to be in your bedroom." And it just evokes all these weird things. There was another, again, this was on CNBC. This was a few months ago. I saw somebody who was in front of a bookcase, beautiful bookcase, wonderful setting in the back, but right behind his ear was um, a book that is all about sexual positions. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so fascinated by that. So if you're gonna go in front of your bookcase, Look at the books behind you, okay? Just a little idea. Oh, wow. Um, the other thing is about lighting. You, um, I mean, you mentioned lighting, but about windows. These people have beautiful views out their windows sometimes, but we can't see them. 
because you're not lit well. Now, sometimes, depending on what platform you're using, if you, you can touch the screen and what your equipment is, you can touch the screen and it'll make the, the background better if you're at a window so it's usable. I do that on Instagram sometimes, but I don't think you can do it exactly on Zoom. Um, so you have to be careful about that. And I like, I, I don't like real neutral backgrounds because I want you to think about this. When we go, when in the past, when we go to somebody's office, we would get clues about them from what they had in their office, be it the photographs right. or, yeah. or something. And that helped us find a way to connect. Like you'd look at a picture and say, oh my God, your kid plays soccer, so does mine. Or um, whatever it is. Right. And you could find a way to help have that be a connection. So I think that if you can still do that in your background, it can be really nice to help us because everything is virtual now. Um, so I highly suggest doing that. And then when it comes to what you're wearing, um, I, you know, it's all over the place. At first, everybody was in, you know, their pajama bottoms and a top. You can still be in your pajama bottoms. I got no issues with that. Um, but I think that on the top, you need to look more professional than we did in the early days. Um, so I like wearing vibrant colors. And by that, I mean solid vibrant colors. I don't like wearing black on Zoom because depending upon the lighting, you can literally fade into the background. And plus, I've never liked black unless you're talking about a really somber subject because black just evokes, it's already got a, something that brings you down. So, um, and a lot of patterns can't be good because they can sometimes get the screen really scrambled and then you get caught up in, ooh, what's that? Um, so it's distracting and anything that distracts detracts. So I think a lot of that, it's very practical. And it's the kind of stuff I've been telling people forever. Yeah, that's great. So our New York, our New York City Black just does not work well on Zoom. <laughs> you know, I wish it did, but because it's so easy, but I just think that it's hard. And, and, and besides that, we've got enough somber news. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and most of the time, if we're working, we're, we're talking about projects we've got coming up. We're talking about something progressive and moving forward and, and that kind of thing. So don't bring yourself down. Plus, black isn't flattering to most faces. The, the most flattering color to human beings' faces, no matter what your ethnicity, is pink. Pink? A shade of pink. A shade oh, of pink. wow. Now, vibrant pink, not so much, but... Um, you know that pink that men will frequently wear underneath suits? Yes. That's the pink that looks really good on, next to almost every face. For some reason, it makes all, it just brings out the, the, the warm tones in her face. That's a great I mean, tip. And I, and I would never have thought about pink. I have to go now look at my wardrobe and see if I even have anything pink. <laughs> a good reason to shop. Yes, exactly. So um, that's, that's all the, the, the kinds of things that we talk about in terms, I mean, I think that you can be obviously more dressed down. I'm not suggesting that anybody wear a suit. Sometimes with the guys I work with, um, if they're making a big presentation and it's global, I do suggest that maybe they might wear a sports jacket with a, you know, a clean, <laughs> clean shirt, I was gonna, yeah. a neat shirt underneath it. Doesn't have to be clean. <laughs> Just as long as the collar is afraid. <laughs> but, um, um, so nice white shirts underneath a, um, a jacket can look great. Again, the aforementioned pink or blue 
um, for guys. Um, but I don't see any reason to wear a tie. I mean, they must be grateful for that. Another silver lining, no ties. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I, I, and I think in terms of your hair, wear your hair like you usually do. But again, we can be, we can be more laid back and more casual, but don't be too casual. And what about makeup? Because I mean, I, I see some people who either look very, very washed out, or if they're doing, you know, something that's where they're presenting to more people where sometimes they actually look overly made up. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of hard, especially people who aren't used to being on camera to kind of know how to deal with that. Sometimes I just practice on Zoom first and say, okay, does, <laughs> how does that look? And oh no, take some of that off the cheeks or something. But what is the best idea is to do, because you can go on Zoom and just do your own little post. Right. And really look at your picture and, and say, okay, I love how I did that. My lighting, like when you and I started to talk this morning, I've been goofing around with Zoom because my lighting is off today and I'm not happy about it. Um, so I just play with it until it looks really good. And then I get onto my meeting. You have to allow yourself time. But you know, tech is an issue. And that's one of the key things too. When I talk to people about how you're gonna do this well, get your tech right. Because so many times a Zoom call will go out, there'll be, or whatever platform you're using, because I don't just use Zoom. I've got, there's so many, right. depending on who you're dealing with. Um, you know, a lot of the big corporations don't like Zoom because of security issues. Yeah. Although they're changing their tune because all their platforms are going down in the middle of presentations. <laughs> so, uh, so check your tech. It's really important to do that too. Make sure it works. Excellent. So any, any tips on lighting, like, you know, we hear about the ring and, you know, do people have to really buy something like that? Or can you just, you know, play with the lighting in your home to create the right kind of look? What I do with clients is I literally have them take their laptop, if that's what they're using, around the house until we find a good place where there's a strong, good signal. I really prefer that everybody hook up to a hard line or an ethernet cable right. under their right. router. But in a lot of instances, you can't because it depends on where it is in the house. Um, but that's a sure bet that you're not going to lose a signal. I mean, I'm hooked up to one now um, just because that's the way I like to operate. Um, so the ring lights only really work if you're using your phone. Ah. Because then you've got the round light around the, you know, the phone setting into the ring. So I've got what's called a loom cube at the top of my computer. I don't, I'm not liking it so much today. I don't know if it's because maybe I didn't sleep enough last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, you know, that's got, it's got different filters on it. So you can kind of filter, filter in or filter out if you want. Um, I like that you can, and, and they're not expensive. You can absolutely use lamps. Another little trick is you can take a piece of white paper and put it below your screen and that will reflect off your face and that will help too um, to make the lighting yeah. a bit more even. Um, but you know that's, that's making sure then that you don't at the same time have to be doing a lot of moving around on your screen. Right. Or I mean, I'm not on your screen, on your keyboard. So. Um, it kind of depends, but there's, there's a lot of tricks in terms of the makeup. Cause I didn't really talk about that. I think less is more. 
And again, the quality of your camera, the quality of your lighting, the lighting will completely change how your makeup looks. I think that you should um, look like your authentic self and probably get something down pat and then use it consistently. That'll save you time. And you know, you can buy really appropriate and good makeup at the drugstore. Yep. Because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the beauty stores are not as accessible because you can always order it online, but good powder in case you're shiny. That's always good. Um, but I think, I think just a nice either foundation or I just use a, a B and B cream that's tinted, tinted moisturizer. So that's then, a great, that's a great tip. I love that. So another question that, um, I know people are asking all the time, especially whenever we're doing, um, some kind of a Zoom presentation is, where do I look so that I'm actually looking at you, Jane? And then if I've got some written remarks and I need to refer to them, are there any tricks for that? So you're, you know, we see people do it going up with their eyes or looking off to the side. So do you have some clues for us on that? I do. So first of all, you need to be looking at the little green light at the top of your computer screen. And you need to put your place yourself. I've got books and a um, like a little platform underneath mine right now, so that it's even with my eyes. Um, so the to, little that little green light should be even with your with eyes. Your eyes. Your yeah. Eye contact. Eye contact is really crucial right now. Yeah. You know, because it's the only way in which we actually really communicate. You know, it's one of the best ways of communicating, and especially now. Now you're going to want to look down over like to look over at the person you're talking to, but then it looks like you're not looking at them. Right. So it's really hard to get used to it. But once you do, you will find that you actually have a much better session because people feel like you really are connecting. So now in terms of reading a script, there are about four or five things that I think are really important. First of all, you need to take that script and you need to personalize it. If you've written it, that's great. If you haven't written it, then you need to put it into your own words so that it's authentic and genuine. The second thing is I like bullet points versus whole written out words. But if you're gonna have a written out script, then I want you to mark it up. I want you to have a printed copy and I want you to put it on top of your keyboard so that when you do look down, you're looking straight down and back up. And mm -hmm. then when I say mark it up, I want you to put like a little smiley face if you should, that's a happy line. I want you to put a little thoughtful face. You know, like the emojis are something. Right, like, great. I want you to pause, write pause in it. Bold face the words you want to emphasize. Go through it really carefully and say, like, today I am here because this is essential. Just make the, the important words stand out. And then after you've marked it up, um, Go back through it, read it out loud, and then rehearse, 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 rehearse. When you do present it, one of the biggest failings and why it's so obvious is that we will do a line and then we look down for the last two words of that line instead right. of remaining steadfast looking, then pause and look down. Because that's where we notice it is because I'm delivering a great line. I'm saying, now is the time to come to the aid of our country. But if I've looked down when I said, come to the aid of our country, you completely lose it. It's, no, it's not, the emphasis is gone. So finish the line, 
then look down and then then look up to read your next line. That is such great advice. And you've just helped me so much out personally, because I'm I'm hosting a live Zoom event Thursday night. So I am going to make sure that I do all of that with my notes and my script. So that was that is terrific. So now let's talk about communicating, because that's really the other really, really big channel and, and challenge. And certainly we're we're used to socially connecting now with friends and family on Zoom, but we're all, con so many of us are conducting business and whether it's in meetings or we're trying to do a sales presentation. And I think that's where it really gets tricky. And so what are some of your tips for really being able to connect when we're in our little square there mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I, you know, you talked before about sort of looking for some visual cues when you don't know someone in terms of like when you used to go in their, in their office and you mm -hmm. see a photo or something. So how do we make, how do we make this work better on online? Um, I call it the virtual handshake. And what I mean by that is when you begin your meeting, you should start by having empathy and compassion. And I want you to start out by, obviously you've done a little homework. You know what this meeting is gonna be about. You know who you're meeting with. I mean, this is, this is business 101 anyway. That little, you know, now verb thing called Google. Um, looking up this person and really, and finding out like, let's just say maybe they live in, um, maybe they're in another state and, and you know that it snowed there, this, for the past right. few days, which it's done in my home state of Minnesota. And maybe you say, hey, is it snowing there? Do you believe it's October and it's snowing? I mean, you want to start with something that will that will connect you in a way that makes the other person feel like you care about them. So it's, and it's about empathy. How are you doing? What's going on in your life before you start the meeting? You would do that if you're meeting somebody face-to-face. -face. You wouldn't immediately say, hello, Joe, let me tell you about the project. You'd say, hey, Joe, how are you? What have you right. been up to? You've been traveling any? How's the, how's the kids? You would make some kind of a connection. So do that virtually. Just because you're virtual doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So I think that's really important. And I mean, there are there's tons of articles that have been written now about the need to show empathy and compassion. We need that more than we've ever had. And just a simple, how you doing, will make an enormous difference for your meeting. So I think that's a really important thing to do. I also think we, we need to be more engaged virtually because we can't check the body language like we used to. We used to look at people when they, maybe they'd cross their legs and you'd think, uh-oh, they're not interested or they're doodling or something. And it's really hard to see what they're doing now. And you don't wanna spend all your time looking at them because then you're not gonna have good eye contact. So in lieu of having that body language, you need to have another way of connecting. And so that's why I'm talking about the eye contact being so important. Mm -hmm. Use your hands, use gestures. Hands are a second language. I don't want the hands to be out in front of the face so that they're distracting. And honestly, they look really, really large in a Zoom setting. If you've got right. the camera, your hands look like you're, you know, I got, what's that person with giant hands? Um, so, but you can, you can gesture though, underneath the screen and it helps to add emphasis 
there's an, an old saying in the television news business that TV drains us, of the, the camera drains you of 30% of your energy. So if you, if you consider that that's probably the same in a Zoom call where you're using a camera, or again, any of these platforms, you, are, you wanna up the energy a little bit. And we need to amp it up, especially when we're also dragged down by what's happening in the world. The more energy and passion that you can add to what you're doing, the better it's gonna be. It really, truly works. I'm, I'm dead serious about this. It will really help you. Well, that's, that is really great advice. And here's another issue that's, um... And I think you and I talked about this once before too, because it's it's so common with so many women. If they're in a team meeting or sitting around the conference room, and this was in the days when we actually could sit and meet with each other, a lot of women are very hesitant to speak up or to let their voice be heard in that meeting. So now I think that must be even more difficult if you're sitting in this team meeting and you're sitting in your little box, how do you get attention? How do you make your point? Now, I know a lot of this has to do, do you have a good team leader who's gonna go around and make sure that that's gonna happen, but that doesn't always happen. So what would your, be your advice there to women who are kind of hesitant to break into the conversation? Well, my advice always has been to them, um, in the past is to use your body language, which of course makes it much more difficult now. So you are going to have to get the guts to speak up. You just have to. There's so many ways in which you can raise your hand or you can, you can interrupt if you need to. Don't be afraid to do it. You want this to be a, a, a discussion. I mean, I can't tell you the number of, of top level executive women that I have worked with who have told me that they're completely fine until, you know, again, this is months ago, they'd walk into a boardroom full of men and then they'd become that five-year-old in kindergarten. Yep. And so, so my thing there is to make yourself stand out. And again, the way in which you, you make yourself stand out now through these virtual recordings is by the way you look, by your background, by the work, the prep work you've put into it, by maybe you've already submitted some questions or maybe you're saying, maybe at the beginning, if they go around the room, and I would suggest this to anybody who's leading things, mm -hmm. go, around, go around the digital table, go around the virtual rooms, room and say, hello to everybody, tell us your latest, because that will encourage everybody to speak up. Um, I mean, that does depend on the leader, but for a woman, you're just gonna to have to do it. Are you gonna be left behind? I think this is a time. And by the way, the one other thing I, I wanna to say to you is you wouldn't have that job if you didn't deserve it and didn't deserve to be heard. So let your voice be heard. I, uh, it's important that you get it out there and you're every, you have every bit of a right to speak up as anybody else who's on that meeting. So I just, I don't know if I could, if I could manage to get fear out of the way for a lot of women, I would, I would be so greatly rewarded. It would make, it would, it would make my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And that was just such great advice. And I think uh, you're going to motivate a lot of women who are listening to this, who are a little hesitant, especially in a, in a virtual setting these days. So tell us more about your coaching business, because we were talking a little bit before this, because so many more people are looking for this now, particularly in how we're doing. So how do you, people listening now, if they 
tell them a little bit about what you do and how you would work, and then we'll tell them where to find you. Um, So my coaching, um, the virtual coaching now consists, I mean, everything is customized to meet the client's needs. And it depends on what you're doing. Are you making some kind of a great presentation? Are you um, having, you know, do you have a team that you're leading? Do you feel like you need some, some of your own individual coaching? Um, are you doing any kind of media interviews? It's really, it's for just about anything, anywhere, anytime. I have done, I mean, you name it and I have done it. I've done everything from um, some, an 18 and 19 year old star of TikTok to um, a, um, senior leader who was making a great presentation globally. I mean, you, you name it and I have done it in terms of the training. So again, there's an assessment that's done about what do you need? What do you think you want to accomplish? What are your goals and how are we going to get you there? And then also what are your challenges? And I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a, of a shrink in that we really talk through, are you afraid of, right? stage are you afraid of the way you look and i will tell you that it could be zoom or it could be in person whenever i play back because i always use video to play back because we do a lot of video work people have always said oh i hate the way i look i've always said you're not allowed to denigrate yourself this is us in this room and we are going to make you wonderful and so therefore you're not gonna criticize yourself. No, you know, that's not allowed. But what we do is um, I, show, I show a tutorial of best practices and I really try to make it again, customized for whatever industry somebody's in, right. um, whatever field so that I can show them how other people in their business might handle this or what they do really well or what they do really wrong. Um, I, I then, um, if it's a presentation that they're making, we will literally go through their script or go through their slides or go through whatever it is they're using. We will work through it. We'll talk about, here's what will look better. Here's how, here's where you're really good. Here's where you need help. Here's how you would deliver it, blah, blah, blah. Same thing if it's a media interview, we do mock interviews, no matter what the platform that they're gonna be on is. If it's a radio, it's a podcast, if it's a television interview, if it's a digital interview, if it's a print interview, because, you know, as having been a reporter and interviewer for 27 years on NBC, I kind of know what questions are going to be asked. Right. And I also know how to not lead them down the path or how to have them not be led down a path because I used to come off the interview set sometimes and people would say to me, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. I'm going, that's not my problem. I led you down a path. You needed to go back to your message and you didn't do it. That's kind of what got me into this business in the first place was me realizing that people weren't resonating because they didn't know how. They had great things to say, but they weren't delivering it well, or they were getting taken down a railroad track, going to a different town. And I wanted to, I want to get them back on the tracks that they are good at what they're doing and saying. And there's a lot of little tricks that I know that can help you. So the sessions are um, usually right now, I don't do anything longer than two hours at a time because I think that our concentration factor isn't great. I mean, I used to do half day sessions, but that's out the door. Um, 90 minutes and doing more than one can be really great for somebody. I like to do them you know, over a, a course of maybe six weeks or something like that, because I think there's an osmosis that comes in. We can do an hour long training. I have people that I do, um, you know, sometimes a half an hour with just before they're about to do a big presentation or a big interview or something of that nature. So it's really for anybody. And, and 
I, um, I just think that it really helps and it's an investment in yourself. And sometimes the companies pay for it. So when they pay for it, it's an investment they're making in you, which is really cool because yes. they like you so much and they want you to succeed. And it's really important to them. And virtual is different. You just, you relate to people differently. So we have to, we have to learn how to do it and do it well. And it takes time and it takes an investment of, of you and yourself. And I don't just mean money. You have to practice it. You have to rehearse, you have to prep. It's really important. Well, this is so great. And really anyone who's listening there that could use um, improvement on some of their skills, which I think would just about be all of us. Jane is truly such a professional and you've got, you've heard it today on the show and, and you just have so much great advice and you've been doing this for so many years. And I know mm -hmm. that you could certainly help any individual. It would be a great thing for teams too. teams who have to present now virtually, um, I know a, a lot of ad agencies right now are pitching businesses with their team and they're trying to figure out how do we engage the client now when we have to do this virtually. So really everyone think about how, you know, this works in your own sphere, whether it's individually or with the people that you're working with, and then make sure you get a hold of Jane at janehanson.com. And, and we'll say that again, but before we close, this, is, you, this has just been terrific. It's just such great information that we could all use. I can't thank you enough, but before we leave, tell us about Curious Jane and how that came about during the pandemic. I would love to. By the way, I do work with a lot of teams because we can do that virtually too, because you know I can do breakout yes. rooms. I can do, um, we, we, in fact, I'm doing two this week that are, uh, you know, that it's great. It, and I love it because teams can get, they can get on the same page. They're all kind of delivering the same message and they all learn off of each other and it works really, really well. So that's fun too. So Curious Jane came about because um, I just noticed during the pandemic that A, I wanted to connect with people and B, I love talking to people and I love interviewing them. And I just saw so, I just saw all these people struggling to kind of get their message out there now that they didn't have a normal way to do it. And so I just started calling up people and putting them on the show. And that's it. It's a little Instagram show and I do it twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I've been playing around with the time. I have been doing it at 1.30. Sometimes I do it at five because as we're now getting more of a, normal schedule i think people aren't quite as available at 1 30 in the afternoon so I'm kind of right yeah i've noticed that <laughs> yeah so um but it really was just a product of me wanting to and and honestly there's so many wonderful i focus i've had a lot of women on it i don't just focus on women but um i i really try to focus on people who are who've got great services, great products, great, um, they've got great insights that are, um, that can be really useful to the world out there. And it's just, it's doing what I've always done, but just doing it on a really casual basis. I, I love it. It's great. And they're, and they're so informative and they're, and they're entertaining too. So why did you, I'm curious, why did you pick, um, Instagram as the platform? Well, because, um, that seemed to be a better platform for the moment when uh, the pandemic first hit. And also because you can only do it on your phone. I, um, I felt like I could do it from a lot of different locations without having to cart my laptop around. 
Um, so, and I had uh, somebody who works with me on social media and it was her suggestion that we go that way. So that's it. But also the other thing is that because it's IGTV, mm -hmm. I can save all of them and then they get posted on every other platform. Yes, so I that's like great. It's like a triffler or whatever you'd call it because it you know, then goes to Facebook and, and a link is on Twitter and, a, and it's on LinkedIn and it's all over the place. So, you know, it, it's, it's all about spreading the wealth and it's easier to do it that way. At least Excellent. it is for me. So, so people will be able to find Curious Jane really everywhere, which is terrific. And I know that you're going to love them. So Jane, this has been so great. I always love talking to you. And just thank you so much for sharing this and also everything you do. And a lot of people don't realize that Jane um, donates a lot of her talent to hosting nonprofit events. She just did one last week. And um, you've been such a great supporter of the Three Tomatoes over the years. So we are very, very appreciative. And I love it because I, and I love all the things you're doing because you certainly have lifted spirits during a rather dismal time. Yeah, we've, we've tried, that's for sure. It's helped lift ours. So we hope if, if it lifted us, then hopefully it would lift someone else up. So everyone can find you at janehanson.com to Correct. learn more about what you're doing, to get in touch with the coaching. They can even find out about Curious Jane there and all that good stuff. Yes, thank you. All right, so thank you. Stay well, stay safe. You too. I'll see okay. you soon, no. Yes, let's hope. <laughs>